Welcome to the Playful Spirituality Podcast, a place to reconnect to spirit, to reclaim your unbridled wildness, and to bring you home to you. I'm Cara Viana, and I'm honored to be on this adventure with you. This is a place to discover your magic and your superpowers. And yes, you definitely have them. It's designed to tap you into the unconditional love and support flowing to you and to help you access that wild, unbridled joy that we so often lose touch with. You can expect all sorts of resources from spiritual and practical tools and teachings to guided meditations and energy healing. We'll have some special guests and even some live readings. This show is for all of us who are humaning to help you navigate this ride of life. If you are open to a little more support, more ease, a broader connection to the universe and to yourself, then stay tuned and find out what might be possible with an infusion of playful spirituality. Hello, my friends. I'm excited because today we're talking about resistance and I am passionately grateful for resistance. I know that sounds weird. I think it's unusual that we don't talk about resistance more. When somebody tells me that they're feeling resistant to something, I get excited because it means that there's something juicy in there. So first, let's review the common ways that people handle resistance. It's really at two extremes. Either we put our heads in the sand. So we let resistance take over. We, um, we feel the resistance. Maybe resistance sounds like, um, I don't have the money for that. I don't have the time for that. That's a little bit too, um, I'm not advanced enough for that. I, uh, I don't, I don't think I like those people or those people don't like me. Resistance shows up in all different sorts of ways, right? And, and it, it grabs a hold of the common pain points that we have, which so often are time, overwhelm, money. Um, really underneath it, usually it has more to do with safety and insecurity, and we're going to get to that. But so commonly, people will just feel resistance and then they'll go, oh, I can't do it. And then they just don't do the thing. They just follow the resistance and then, you know, we go watch TV or whatever. Or the other way that people commonly handle resistance is we knuckle under, like we, we manhandle our way through it. Oh, I'm feeling this resistance. I'm doing it anyway. And we charge forward and we just trample over our own resistance. Neither of which do I think are particularly healthy. And I'll explain why, because I want to explain what resistance is. Resistance is always only ever one thing. It is some part of ourselves trying to keep us safe. Always, only, ever. I can't tell you how many clients I have gone through this process with of um, exploring the resistance, how many times I've done it within myself. And we always, 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 always find, doesn't surprise me anymore, that underneath 
the resistance is something that's trying to keep us safe. So where does our resistance come from and why do we have it? Resistance shows up when something inside of us gets, a button gets pushed, something gets triggered, and it could be that we're about to step outside of our comfort zone, right? And so then it's really obvious. Someone says to you, um, let's go skydiving. And you might have a fear of heights. And so the resistance will be extremely strong. And that is logical to you because you understand it's obviously trying to keep me safe. I have a fear of, of heights and, and dying or something. So, so it gets really obvious when it's that kind of resistance. The vast majority of the time, our resistance is way more subtle. It looks like uh, sometimes even just distraction. I notice this a lot when we're in the middle of some kind of training or um, whether I'm a, a student or teaching. Um, there will be a portion where all of a sudden um, I'll get like I want to play with my phone or um, my mind will wander or whatever it is. And oftentimes it's actually a really subtle form of resistance being like, ooh, whatever we're talking about right now sounds like it might push us past our comfort zone or it sounds like it might trigger some limiting belief that we have or whatever. So quick, like distract, distract, distract. And because we are like the most distractible <laughs> society or the most distractible um, version of humans thus far, I would venture to guess that's not based in any science, just based in the fact that we have phones and we have constant, um, uh, constant access to distraction. So our attention spans are a nanosecond long. Um, distraction is a pretty easy thing for resistance to use. When I am exploring resistance with a client and we begin to gradually uncover what's going on beneath this. Oftentimes what we find is there is a version inside of you, there's a piece of you. I like to think of us as many different aspects and I like to personify those aspects because it, then we can have a conversation and it's very nice to be able to have a conversation with the parts of you. Have a conversation with your fear. Have a conversation with your inner child. Have a conversation with that piece of you that's carrying that trauma. Um, have a conversation with your inner drive, whatever these aspects are. So when we have a conversation with resistance, we begin to uncover and get down to what is it that resistance is really trying to keep us safe from. So much of the time we are shocked because in our adult logical resourced brains, it might not make any sense. But usually that resistance was born when we were little kids. So let me give you some examples of what would be obvious resistance and then what would be less obvious resistance. So let's say a few years ago, you went through a just horribly painful breakup. You really, really, really went through painful, painful heartbreak and so now you have a resistance to dating and let's say you've got some pretty good self-awareness. And so when you start to date someone, everything's hunky-dory when there are so many red flags about that person that you know that you would never be serious with them. 
So it's cool and it's fun and it's light and everything's cool. But when you meet someone who seems like they might be kind of wonderful, then you start to want to run away from it. And let's say you have a lot of self-awareness so you can see that resistance and it makes logical sense that it's because you got heartbroken. If you didn't have that self-awareness, it would probably look like um, things are going really good. I really like this about this person. They've got this and this. And, and then all of a sudden you're like looking for problems. Mm-mm, they do that. I don't like the way they chew. Um, and it's kind of, you know, your friends might be listening and they're like, those are pretty ridiculously unimportant things. Like you don't like the way that they chew their food. That's kind of silly. Your friends might be able to see there's some resistance there, but you're oblivious because you're just making stuff up and you think that it's obviously a huge problem. I can't date someone who texts and uses the sunglass emoji. It's over. Okay. Those are the kinds of things. And it feels so legitimate to us. When we're wrapped up in our resistance, we will fight for it to the nail. We just think it's so valid and it's so important. And it's not until we start to understand that what we're feeling is resistance that we get curious, where might this come from? Oh, I went through a massive heartbreak. Some part of me is desperately trying to keep me safe. And that piece is running around going like, oh my gosh, look at the way they chew. Can you, can you believe that text message? That was ridiculous. That must be a red flag. Row, 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 row. Okay. And then let me give you an example of where it gets trickier. I see this all the time when um, people reach out to me and they're And this feels like a really relevant conversation for us to have right now because we're coming up on the start of Master Your Magic. It's about to begin here shortly. And this is when people come to me and they're like, I can't stop thinking about this or it keeps landing in my lap, but I just don't think it's right. And then they give me the list of reasons why. Or they'll straight up say sometimes because they're really aware I'm feeling all this resistance. And I'm like, cool, let's talk through the resistance because regardless of whether we get to the other side of the resistance and then you say, yeah, this feels like good or no, I guess I don't need it. The journey of going through the resistance is a goldmine in itself. That piece, what we're going to talk about today, this is really, 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 really so juicy. I mean, it's meaty. It's got something good in it. So let me give you an example. Someone comes to me and they're like, I'm feeling resistance about signing up for this thing, but I have some, something's also pulling me toward it. So they're really aware because they can feel the push pull. They can feel like I have a curiosity. Something made me reach out to you and send you this message but also I've got this resistance. And before anything else, I want to say that I think about resistance differently than a lot of coaches out there. And I am not a fan. I want to be gentle in the way that I say this. I don't believe in getting on the phone with someone 
and then quote unquote coaching them through their resistance, but really I'm just selling them. Really, my goal is to get them to pay for whatever it is. I believe that's um, false advertising. If I say, okay, I'm here to talk through resistance with you, then that needs to be what my goal is. And it is. For me, that's the goal. If my goal is to get on the phone and see if I can get you to sign up for this, then that's sales. That's different. And I, so I just want to say that, um, not from a complaining about the way that other people do anything, but because I want people to know that this really is where I'm coming from. And it's great if we get on the phone and we talk through and we discover some beautiful, insightful things that you get to have those self insights. And then you're like, mm, okay, it doesn't feel right for me. I'm going to feel that too. And, and I'm going to be all in favor of it. Okay. So in this example, let's loop around here. I'm talking about five things at once, <laughs> as usual. So someone comes and they're like, Carrie, I've got some resistance. We hop on the phone, we start exploring and their resistance, they're like, well, it, um, it's showing up as like, I don't have the time to do this or I don't have the money. Those are almost always what we feel in our resistance. And for those of us who've gone through this rodeo a handful of times, we start to get this like, mm, but I don't actually think maybe it's about those things. <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes, yes. I, and, and I, and I will never argue if truly the money is going to, um, put you in a space where you can't pay your rent then that's not a good decision, right? Um, I, I'm not a big fan of that would be the same thing as we talked about at the beginning where people just push through the resistance. I really, really feel that pushing through our resistance is brutal on our nervous system. If we've got a red flag coming up, here's how I think about it. I'm going to loop back, I promise. <laughs> I'm not going to forget the example we're talking about. But here's a fun analogy. If you are a bunch of different parts I like to think about it like, let's say you've got 35 kindergartners and you know how sometimes when they take kindergartners on field trips and they're walking, they all hold onto a rope with a knot, like they each have a knot along a rope. And so it's like they're file, like little ducks in a row, you know? So I want you to imagine you've got like 35 kindergartners and this is all the parts of you and they're all holding onto their little, their rope, right? They're little knot on the rope and there's a bridge and you've got to cross the bridge. And 34 of them are like, okay, cool. We're going across the bridge. And one of them throws themselves on the ground, kicking and screaming and crying in sheer terror because bridges are the scariest thing in the world and they're convinced that you're going to die. Now, you have the physical capacity as a bigger part, like you're a bigger human than a little kid, to just throw them over your shoulder and drag them across the bridge. But you would be so much better served by sitting down with them for a second and saying, what is it you're afraid of? Oh, okay, well, here's the thing. Like, let's watch the bridge for a minute. You see all those other people walking across the bridge? See how strong it is? This bridge, I happen to know, has been it's been standing 
for more than a hundred years. It's a really strong bridge. Oh, look, 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 there's a car that's driving across the bridge. Do you know how much more that car weighs than you do? You see how strong that bridge is? This bridge was built to withstand a lot of weight. It's really safe. And you see those, those things along the side, those railings? That means we can't fall off the bridge. And then pretty soon, you can talk to this part of you and it'll be reassured. And you say, how about you hold my hand? Or do you want to ride on my shoulders? What would make you feel safe? And then eventually you get this part of you on board with crossing the bridge. And now you just walk across freely. There's no manhandling. There's no dragging, kicking, and screaming, which is what we do when we muscle through our resistance. Or the other thing people do, right? We just let resistance win. So then you're like, oh, like little Timmy doesn't want to go. So we're all just staying on this side of the bridge. We'll never cross the bridge again. And I know these seem drastic, but this is really the way that it works. We just don't understand that we're doing this. We just say, um, we don't say, oh, I knuckled under my resistance one. We say, oh, I'm just too busy. Or um, it's not it's not good timing for me. Sometimes those might be true, but oftentimes we've actually got some resistance at play. So let's go back to our example. <laughs> Are you counting? Are you counting how many times I can interrupt my own story? <laughs> I promise you it's a lot. So somebody comes, they've got some resistance. Let's catch up in our story here. We start talking. They're like, you know, it feels like maybe this isn't good timing for me because I have so many things on my plate and it feels like maybe, um, you know, it's not a good financial decision. And then we, we begin to explore and we begin to dive into what is it that resistance is trying to keep us safe from. And sometimes resistance is like, this is going to expand us into something we've never, ever been before. And if we change that drastically, what if no one loves us again? And when we get all the way down, it doesn't happen right away. We've got to like gradually work our way down. When we get all the way down to that, all of a sudden, the inevitable thing happens. Where both myself and the person I'm talking to pause. It's like we sit back on our heels in utter amazement and reverence and compassion because of course resistance is freaked out if that's the fear. The fear is no one's going to love you again? That's horrible. And we're flooded with compassion. No wonder resistance is throwing anything it can in your path, trying to trip you up from doing this thing because it's afraid that no one's ever going to love you again. Now your adult self is like, well, that's silly, right? So if I do this program and I expand... And I become more, it doesn't mean no one's going to love me again, but maybe somewhere as a kid, um, you watched your aunt, who you really, really, really love, go back to college and get a degree and find herself and get really, really um, confident and shake off all these things. And then her husband left her. And you watched it be so devastating. And you understood as a, as a six-year-old kid that if you grow too much, the people around you are going to stop loving you. Or perhaps you had some friends when you were a kid and you went away for a summer 
and you went on these amazing trips with your parents because they had to travel for work and you got to see another country and you came back and you were more mature and you, um, you were a little more worldly. And for some reason coming home, your friends had all hung out together and then they decided they don't like you anymore. And you assumed subconsciously that it was because you had grown and evolved so much. And so this part of you is born in that moment that we call resistance, but really is a safety mechanism. The safety mechanism is born and that safety mechanism's one and only job is to never, ever, ever, ever let you feel that pain again. And so anytime anything in your life looks like you might grow and expand, that piece of you jumps up and starts throwing everything it can in the way. There's not enough money. There's not enough time. We're too busy. Um, look over here at this shiny object. We don't think there's, we're probably, probably not going to like the people in there and uh, we should go to this other thing instead. And, and, and so it's, I mean, just panic. It's freaking out. And it's a lot in our nervous system. Most of the time it's happening subconsciously for us. But if we really, really drop in and we're very embodied and aware, we might feel a little bit of bubbling anxiety in there. So sometimes when people go to do something like this, they're like, wow, I feel nerves. And it can be some version of that. So when you start to explore this, it's really beautiful. Because I have done this so many times with myself and so many times with other people, I have this huge respect and loving compassion for resistance. It doesn't mean I think resistance is right. I mean, sometimes it is right? If, if, if I said, let's go cliff jumping, it's a 200 foot cliff and we're going to jump into the water and you don't know how to swim. Resistance would be pretty strong and it would be a very wise thing to listen to that resistance. I wouldn't say that to you because my resistance would be strong enough to keep me from doing that. Sometimes resistance is actually keeping us from dying. Resistance would show up and be like, you probably shouldn't wrestle that tiger. But when we've got those resistance pieces that come from something that's skewed, that's not really based in reality, then we want to uncover what that is because it's probably tripping us up in other areas. And certainly there's a piece in there that can be healed. So I'm going to give you a couple of questions. You can use these um, as journaling prompts if you want to, or things to meditate on and explore. There's a lot of really cool things that I do when I go through this um, with clients. We usually go deep into meditation and we begin having these conversations with these parts of ourselves. I usually bring in a bunch of healing work. I'm not quite sure how to translate that to here, so I'm going to do my best with some of these questions and then I'm going to tell you one of my favorite exercises. So, what have I been avoiding or what do I commonly avoid? So this is an interesting question that might help hone in on where there might be resistance. If you aren't, um, if you aren't already thinking to yourself, oh, there's something I know of that I've got resistance to. What have I been avoiding or what do I commonly avoid? What do I notice or things that I avoid? What do I get scared of doing? Now, if you're not someone who um, feels fear as a regular emotion that you identify, you know, we all have emotions that we easily identify and ones that we don't so much. 
um, replace that with um, get really annoyed and frustrated about <laughs> or um, feel anxiety and overwhelm over. So what do I get scared of doing? What do I feel anxiety over doing? What do I feel overwhelmed over doing? What do I get pissed off about doing? And that may give you some indications. Again, it's not always, but it might start to tease out some areas of insecurity. When I get scared of something, what does it feel like in my body? What's the physical sensation? When I get scared of doing something or when I'm avoiding something or when I get frustrated by doing something, what's the physical feeling in my body? What are the sensations? What's the emotion? And you could probably just close your eyes and call up whatever those things are that you resist, that you're like avoiding doing or that piss you off and notice. And if you tap on anything in your body that feels like tension or um, anxiety or stress, those might be indicators that there's something in there that's got some resistance. Or you could just ask yourself the question very frankly, what is my resistance stopping me from doing? Now, I'm going to tell you a cool exercise. If you want to hear the stories of a couple of people who have worked through their resistance with me and then were willing to come on video and talk about that experience, I'm going to have um, my team post in the show notes a link to a YouTube video where I got to interview two incredible people who were willing to share their experience of working through intuition or working through their resistance and what came through on the other side, what they learned and what came through on the other side. So we'll put that in the show notes because I think it's a really, um, it's a really inspiring to see some real life examples. Okay. So last thing I want to give you, this is an exercise that I love to do. It's always insightful. I believe I've never had a client do this and not come back just like wowed by it. So here's how it works. You get two different colored pens and a piece of paper or journal. You might need multiple pages. And at the top, you're going to say, okay, this pen is me and this pen is my resistance or whatever part of you you want to talk to. You could do the same thing for self-sabotage. Whenever we have a piece of us that's self-sabotage, I mean, you could basically listen to the whole thing I just said and replace the word resistance with self-sabotage. Always, only, ever, it's trying to keep us safe in some way, no matter how misguided it might be. So let's say you've got a pink pen and a blue pen. Pink pen is, you're saying, okay, pink pen is me, blue pen is my resistance. Now you begin to have a dialogue I know this sounds crazy. You begin to have a dialogue with your pens, with your resistance. So you start with your pink pen and you, reside, you write out, um, hello resistance, I know that you're trying to keep me safe. Is that right? Something like that. You begin a dialogue. Are you, are you trying to keep me safe? Or why are we resisting this thing? And resistance might come back. Now you grab the other pen. And don't worry if you are making it up at the beginning. You just make it up. It's fine. Then you say, yes, I'm trying to keep you safe. Okay, then you get your pink pen again. What is it that you're trying to keep me safe from? 
and resistance says people hurting us. And then you say, how do you think that people might hurt us if we do bloody, bloody, blah, the thing that it's resistance? And the resistance tells you. And you go back and forth asking these questions and you will be amazed how fast resistance takes over and actually the answers start flowing from you and they surprise you. You start writing, answers are flowing into your brain and it's not what you would have guessed. It's not your logical mind answering anymore. That resistance part of you is sort of speaking through your own mind and you're writing it down on the page. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to go through and begin to ask the questions. What is it you're trying to keep me safe from? I understand that. Um, when did this come about or why? why? Why is this a thing that you're trying to keep me safe from? When did you first get this job? That's another question. You could start with that one if you want to. When did you first get this job? And it'll be insightful usually to see what the experience was. Um, oftentimes it's from childhood where we built this mechanism. And then I want you to begin to creatively brainstorm with your resistance. Usually it looks like first you explain why that fear is not going to happen. If it's not going to happen, if it's really, you're like, there's just no way that could happen, then you just explain that to resistance. Okay, well, what I want you to understand is like this and 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 this are all reasons why that can't happen. And then you ask resistance, do you feel safe now? And resistance is going to say yes or no. If you're like, well, it could happen. It's not that likely, but it could happen. Then you might tell resistance, here's all the things that I'm going to put in place to try to prevent that from happening. And if, if that thing that you're afraid of does happen, here's what we're going to do to mitigate the damage. If someone does get mad at us for quitting this job, here's what we're going to do to make that easier on ourselves, okay? Whatever it is that resistance is afraid of. Or here's another option. Just straight up ask resistance with your pink pen, what do you need to feel safe for us to quit this job? And resistance might be like, um, I want you to talk to these three people and make sure that they're not going to be mad at us before we quit. Find out what we have to do so that they don't get mad. Okay, we can do that. Or a resistance might say, I just, this is, this is the most, like, <laughs> this one happens all the time. What do you need to feel safe? We ask resistance. And resistance is like, I just want you to hear me. I just want to know that you heard what my fears are. And it's so, I mean, it tears in your eyes when this happens. I want to say it's heartbreaking, but it's not, we use that phrase, right? Like it stings because in that moment you realize I don't actually let my fear have the microphone very often. When it rises up, I numb it out. I tell it to shut up. I tell it it's being stupid. I, I, I try to ignore it. Um, and so no wonder our fear and our resistance and our self-sabotage gets so loud and so aggressive because they don't have a seat at the round table. 
They don't feel heard. All right. So I would love to hear if you do this exercise. I would love to hear what your experience with it is. I think it's so cool. So send me an email and tell me your experience with it. If any of you are curious about Master Your Magic, you can learn more about it. The link is in the show notes. And if you've got some resistance going on, you want to get on the phone with me and just explore it together, reach out. We can set up a call. All right, beloveds, thank you for playing. And I will see you on the episode next week. Thank you for listening. If you are feeling that little pull or curiosity for more, I hope, hope, hope that you will join me for Master Your Magic Intuitive Development School. There's a link in the show notes or head to the website caraviana.com for all the details. Master Your Magic includes the most profound tools, the ones that saved my life. And I truly believe this work will change every area of your life. So join me for uncovering and expanding your unique gifts and learning to sit in the captain's seat of your reality. It is for both beginner and advanced students. So whether you're old hat at this stuff and ready to truly step into your potential or just now wondering what are your intuitive gifts and craving that ability to talk to your higher self, Master Your Magic is designed to meet you where you are and take you further than you thought was possible. It only comes around once a year because I teach every lesson live. So don't wait to check it out. With deepest love and celebration of you, and your superpower.